The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Jenks! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! What is up? Notebook Wager and Crew is back on this beautiful Wednesday evening. We had a little snow in Manassas. I woke up to it and I was a little shocked. We are live from the Monster Energy Studio here at the Salisbury Center. Smitty and Q are in studio, and our PA boys are with us via Zoom. What's going on, Smitty? Hey, great day. Two-hour delay. You wake up and you get a little bit You'll of snow, that. and you get a two-hour delay, man. <laughs> I love the snow, man. It's great to be here again in the Salisbury Center studio. So uh, let's get after it, man. What's going on, Matty? How are you up there in PA tonight? Oh, happy hump day, fellas. Uh, nothing, it's not too bad up here. Typical uh, winter day, a little cold. I was, Jason and I were talking off stream. It's been a pretty easy winter. Knock, knock on wood, don't jinx it. But uh, we know something's still coming in the Western PA region. So, Jason, what do you got down there? Yeah, two hour delay. Uh, for us non teachers, that's an absolute nightmare day because <laughs> they think about snow down here and they're getting the day off. Bragging about two hour delay. That just pushes me two hours later at work. It's but, like, uh, it's like Jason, hey, Jason, it's like when we grew up, man, it was like 10 inches and we had to walk to school, right? <laughs> oh, heck no. I was on a bus for like 30 minutes. <laughs> okay. If Doug Cameron talks about snow being a 10% chance, they're already hitting the two hour delays. If it's 50, they're canceling a day just out of precaution. So we love it down here. Uh, the kids love it. So we got it going Hugh, on. What's up? Yeah, that's soft. I don't soft. care. Listen, if I never saw a snowflake for the rest of my life outside of a ski resort, I would not mind it. I didn't mind hitting the when you when you get the call to hit the phone off and then just go back for about another <laughs> hour or two hours sleep. So it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. All right, boys, we have an awesome show today. We have our guest. This will be the first one in studio. This is awesome. So we picked this guy specifically uh, to be our first guest. He was our first guest in our podcasting history of Notebook Wagering. Uh, Smitty and I have gotten close to him um, over the past few years. Met him one time at the casino, and uh, it was kind of it's been a wrap ever since. So without further ado, I'll just bring him on. Skippy from... Uh, Formerly known Skippy Big Fat Winners, you always tune into him on 106.7 The Fan as well. He's a major guest, uh, good friends with those guys up there. And now he is currently with Picking Fatties, BetQL. Uh, I believe it's out of Odyssey. Uh, what's going on, Skip? What's up, fellas? Congrats on the new gig. Good job. Thank, thank you, thank job. you. Moving up, just good like job. you told us. We're moving up, man. <laughs> Grinding out, moving up. Uh, <laughs> <Good> job. <laughs> hey, we wouldn't be here without you. So we 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 likewise send thank you to you as well because you're kind of a driving force. You told us we were crazy. Uh some of the stuff we said was off the wall, but we knew what we were talking about, you know, just to keep grinding and, and do our thing and don't let anybody else influence us. So we appreciate the advice. Nah, and, you can't dude. You just have to do it. You guys are doing good, man. Doing well. We love Congrats. it. We love it. All right, Skip, I know uh, one of the big things that we kind of wanted to touch on. So we were pulling for you late in the season, and you just had a gut-wrenching loss. But just oh, give us a quick two seconds, you know, two cents on the uh, on the Circa experience. Like, what, what was kind of – explain that process crazy. and kind of your thoughts. So crazy. 60 – I think it was six, six million – one, was it six six million one hundred thousand six million two hundred thousand something like that? So there were sixty some. I guess there were sixty two hundred entries Jeez. right out of the shoot. We right out of the shoot week one. I think they lost twelve hundred. Damn. <laughs> I mean, because you know that not a lot of people took the nine. I think there were three or four big. You know that first six or eight weeks of the NFL season was nuts. I mean, every single week there were massive. Oh upgrades. yeah. So anyway, we we get into week ten. Right, like three weeks before, and I was in it with my boy Donnie. And I remember telling him, "Look, he came down to cleats for one one weekend, and I'm like, if we even sniff getting to Thanksgiving, we can get, you know, it'll get serious. When we get through Thanksgiving, through the next week, through the next week, we got hooked on the Seattle when they scored late against the Rams in L.A. I think it was like with eight seconds or something crazy. Yeah, I remember that. 
and then you do the Raiders loss. Now, I had it mapped out, right? So I had it mapped out through uh, Christmas. And what sucks, now, I don't know what I would have done the last two weeks. So if you can't, I can't even think about it because well, I would probably want to – I'd want to jump off my roof. I mean, could anybody in there, could you guys use a half mil or a mil each? I mean, come on. What are you kidding me? I'm not greedy, it's but great. I wouldn't like, turn it like down. It was, it was real. Because when you get into, when you get from 6,000 and you get into where there's 50 people and 40 people, like, you're like, what? That's crazy. Skip, I mean, real, we, we were in the top 1%. Skip, real quick, just crazy. give a, uh, just kind of explain what, what the process was, like survivor pool and stuff like that for people that don't know. Oh, so you pick. So you pick survivor pool. So it's one pick a week. You got to do now in this survivor pool. You have to, it's twenty because you know, the NFL is eighteen weeks. So you have to make twenty picks because you have to pick. You have to make a pick on Thanksgiving, and then that that Sunday, and then for Christmas week. You know, Christmas this week was on a Sunday, so you have to make. You know, the games were there was a Thursday night game, and then the Saturday games. You have to make a pick that week, and then you either had to pick three of the games on Christmas, or you could pick the Monday night game. And like I said, I had mapped mine out to, through Christmas, and I had, and and it would had, had the Raiders won, I would have ended up being live those last two weeks. But once you lose, you're out. You can only pick you know, obviously the same team one time, and uh, it's hard, dude. You you really, but it's but after watching the way that the way it ended and the way the guys, I mean, as much skill as you think it is, it's it's so much luck too. I mean, good luck, bad luck. It's crazy. Oh yeah. I don't think I'll ever do it again though. I might not do it again. Not there. Well, especially I don't know the way if I can, my heart can <laughs> well, I don't know if my heart can handle well, because last year I did the same thing. Last year I made it through the first eleven weeks and I lost because Ben Roethlisberger was ruled out on COVID and they tied Detroit and with a tie you're obviously out. I hadn't lost going into that week in two years. It was a tie. Oh. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm done though. I'm done. I'll have my question on it, and the other boys can get in. Just what was your toughest week, or what was the team you, you were so least confident in that actually pulled one out for you? I would say, and I had a good run, because you know what? Most, If you think about the year this year, most of the teams this year that you thought would be good, they kind of sucked. So I got lucky early taking the teams that weren't good to Grievous. I would say my luckiest one... I had Green Bay over the Patriots, and obviously if you go to overtime and it ends in a tie and green bay kicked the field goal to win it with no time left that was in week four i would have been out in week four yeah that was as far as that was huge i didn't really have to pick that's what i mean i didn't really have to pick any gosh this one's dicey i mean i had so many good teams left i still had good teams left when i went out um but that was probably the trickiest one and then obviously i had a couple other close ones but there was a run of four or five weeks where i was it, my teams were winning and blowing teams out. So, but it can end like we, you know, it can end in one one second, the blink of an eye, like it did. You knew with the sixteen to three Raiders are winning. That game was a uh, you were yawning, going to sleep, and you're like, "There's no way." And then if you watched all the panel, I mean, it's just crazy. So it is what it is. Skippy, my question to you is: with you having a partner, did you guys get in a, like a lot of? How hard is that? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, for you I'll to like, do it again. Because you have your team, maybe, and then he's like, no, that's one of the games I really don't want at all. And then he has that. How hard was that to really come together like 100% with a team for the it week? Was, it was brutal once it got real. See, early in the season, we didn't even talk. See, he bought, the guy I was in with bought three entries. He bought one for himself and his brother, one for his other buddy and him, and one for he and I. He lost his two, his other two entries, he lost in week one. Oh. Tennessee got beat by the Giants. Niners got beat by the Bears. Out. So now it's just me, right? Well, you know, you don't even get serious about it the first few weeks. Once we got to getting close to Thanksgiving, it was he and I having to collaborate. Now, his pick was the Raiders. Now, in all fairness to him, it was the right pick. My pick would have been Tennessee that week, and they got shellacked by Jacksonville. So it wouldn't have mattered. But, yeah, it's hard when you go. I, I would – to people, unless one person's going to be the, the lead and you're playing, if it's real money, it's hard to have a partner. I mean, it's hard to have a partner in anything. It's hard to have a wife. Come on. <laughs> and I love my wife. <laughs> Come on, I man. second that. Just ask Tom Brady, though. Ask Tom Brady how he's doing. He did upgrade, though. So, huge. I saw her on Instagram. Wow, come on. That, that marriage is, let, let, let's be honest. She's upgrading. He's upgrading. That marriage has been... <laughs> You know what I mean? He, he oh, should have yeah. probably retired. He should have retired after his Super Bowl 
I mean, I know he did it today, but he should have retired after his first Super Bowl win with Tampa, but it is what it is. So, Skip, I have a quick question. So, did you have both Super Bowl teams eligible? And isn't there a bonus attached to that in that contest where if you had the Rams, the Bengals still alive as it went down to the wire that you actually yeah, lose there's a bonus that gets tacked on? Do we lose you, Skip? No, nope, I'm there. Oh, there I am. Did you, hear, did you hear Jason? No, what, what, what Jason said. Oh, okay. Jason asked um, with the uh, the Super Bowl teams if they were available um, – did you get a bonus on your uh, on your yes, stipend? If, yes. If you did not use the two teams from last year, you got an extra million dollars. Holy smokes. And the one guy, I believe the one guy that won, because I think it got split three ways, it was either one or two of the guys did not use uh, Cincy or the Rams this year. That's a, I mean, an extra mil. That's a huge deal. But, yeah, you get an extra million if you do not use either one crazy yeah that's crazy uh matt or jason i don't for some reason I, I don't know what's going on but if you have a question just just relay it through smitty and i um i'm not yeah, sure why you can't I, I got one please ask him uh he may not know the answer but ask him if he knows how can many you guys people... hear me can you hear me now yeah we're good we're yeah we can hear oh, okay. you but you didn't hear jason ask a question no no i didn't hear him no i can't hear anyone but you guys okay uh so Matt's got a question. He's going to relay it to me. We're going to try to relay yeah. a message yeah. here. We're having a little uh, yeah, relay it, baby. Them. That's okay. We'll get Scott right on that. Relay it, baby. So ask, ask if uh, he knows how many people who do this contest actually use a proxy service, and if that's recommended. Uh, so he, Matt was asking if you even know this. So how many people in the contest like use a proxy service, and and if they do, like, would, is that recommended or like what's that? If you're gonna if you're gonna get in it, and especially if you're outside the state of Nevada, right? Because if you're in Nevada, it doesn't matter. You can kind of go and make your pick if that's how you want to do it. But if you're outside the state of Nevada, which I imagine a lot of people are, I mean, some are in there. But if you're out, yeah, you should always use like we have a we had a proxy service because what happens is, and early in the year, imagine this: imagine you put the thousand dollar entry, you put your entry in, and every this is a fact. Every week, the first eight, maybe nine or 10 weeks, there would be multiple people that would make no pick. Now, once you make no pick, you're out. Right. Imagine that you put your thousand bucks in. So you get busy in life. You're like, Oh shit, I forgot to make my, so a proxy service will actually make a pick for you guaranteed regardless. I'm not sure the formula they use. I would imagine I heard and I could be wrong. I would assume it's one of the better teams that you have available. I don't know if it goes by point spread or I, I really don't know how they do it, but you will guaranteed never lose your entry because you did not make a pick. Cause if you don't make a pick by a certain time, you have a time. So the clock starts on Thursday afternoons is how it was. I think it was, I don't remember what time it was our time. Maybe call it noon, Thursday at noon. And it shuts at Saturday. I think it was at one o'clock our time or whatever it was. Oh wow. So you don't make Saturday. a pick by Oh, yeah, shit, Saturday. You don't make a pick by Saturday at 1, you're out. So yeah, the proxy service would automate. Yeah, it would suck. The proxy service would make it for you. So, yep. Jason yep, or Matt, yep. you got any other questions on that before we change topics? No, I do not. Okay. Yeah, my question is, is there a certain point where you start to hedge against your picks? Because oh, yeah, you start yeah, to yeah. see that big money adding up there on the one side. And, you know, just kind of, you know, in case something happens, you get a little rainy day uh, fun there to kind of better yourself back out. At least get your $1,000 back. Jason wants to know, like, if you start uh, getting up there in the, in the weeks and you, you start kind of getting more serious, do you, and you do you start do you hedge a pick uh, when you at well, least get your thousand here's back? The thing. You, here's the problem with that, right? When do you when do you make that call? Like, let's say you do it on week twelve because you think, oh, I'm in trouble, right? And you right. put your thousand, you know, you try to get your money back. Well, let's say your pick wins and you're down that thousand, right? And then you're like, okay. Really, here's the way it works, because we tried to do everything under the sun. I tried to sell it. I tried to get people to go. We actually talked to, Donnie Boy actually spoke to, God, his name's, and you guys probably have heard of the guy. He's a, he's a big fish in Vegas. We actually had a conversation with the guy, and the guy, uh, through Twitter, and the guy said, I'll call you, because we were trying to combine, you know, maybe you combine with someone, right? So yeah. you have multiple picks. Any guy never called him because maybe we're whack jobs. He didn't know. I mean, it's not his problem. But if I say, if I could remember his name, I would have said. I mean, he's a, he's a big time guy in Vegas. Like he's always on Vizen. In fact, he's uh, crack. 
Stackenberg. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he probably, oh, yeah, yeah. He probably <laughs> saw you. On, he saw you on Twitter, and he was like, "I'm not messing with this Skippy boy. He is crazy." Skippy, dippy, dippy, do. Anyway, he went. Guess what? Guess when he went out? He went out the same week we did with the Raiders. Oh, How about that? That's crazy. But the, the, the point is, yeah, if you hedge, you know, we were thinking, God, we got to hedge. The problem is, you really can't hedge to protect yourself until the last week if you're in it. Because yeah, that makes sense. How can maybe maybe the last two? If you do it too early, you, you could end up losing seven, eight, ten grand of real money, and then you're like, well, now I'm tapped, and then you lose the next week in that pick, and you double it. You know, so it's kind of, believe me, we thought of everything under the sun, and none of it worked. So That's crazy. All right, let's switch a little topic. Uh, just give us your two cents on the uh, the past weekend games. Obviously, the first game really wasn't much of a game come the second quarter, uh, but then the second game was pretty solid. A little one-sided on the, uh, the officiating. Now, I will say the last call... Uh, was a correct call. They missed a blatant hold, though, yeah. which should have negated they did. your thoughts. They did. Uh, game one, I mean, I, I gave out Philly big. I just thought Philly would beat them. I, I did, of course, it was the game became a, you know, it was a, it was a horrible game and it was bad luck for the Niners. And who knows what would have happened. I just thought that Philly's line, both lines, would give the Niners fits. And Purdy hadn't been in a situation where if the Eagles took the lead early and put him in a spot or if it's the third quarter that he's down and the game matters, we just hadn't seen that. And I just think Philly's lines, especially I think that I don't think San Fran's offensive line in a pass protection situation is as good as people think. And it kind of proved me right. I mean, they had two quarterbacks go down because they couldn't block Reddick. They really couldn't block anybody. No. I mean, the Eagles are one of the few teams, most people don't even know this. The Eagles had, think about this, four guys, if not five, double-digit sacks. That's unheard of. Yeah. I've never heard of it. That's crazy. I've heard of one, I've heard two, maybe three, but four with double digits? It's, I don't know if it's probably the first time in NFL history. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I can't imagine there's a lot of teams that have had it. So, I was I felt pretty good about that. I mean, that's bad. Like that was a terrible game. Uh, Kansas City, yeah, it's a tough call to make. There was a bunch of different slippery calls in that. The one where they run the play and then they ran. It didn't matter, but they ran it over. Um, I thought Burrow looked out of sorts myself. I think I think that and I, didn't, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this. I think that if you take out the Buffalo game for Cincinnati, let's be honest, they should have lost to the Ravens. They got dominated in that game in a lot of, in a lot of ways in that game. Yeah, I would they agree. got lucky. They got lucky to beat the Ravens. Why? Because their offense, he could do. They couldn't protect him, and so it started off in Kansas City the same way. I thought he looked out of sorts. And if I'm if I'm Cincinnati with the bright future that I have with those that young core, my number one. I'm surprised they didn't do it last year. I know they had injuries this year, but you have got to figure out a way change your scheme, whatever, to protect Burrow. You just have to do it because in the two games outside of Buffalo, their offensive line got absolutely shredded. Well, I think you, you know? maybe forfeit a couple picks in the future to try to get a solid something, offensive something, lineman. You know, something, and, I, and I'm going to have backups that are good. I'm going to have, because Burrow is the real deal, and you you know you don't know how many years with free agency you're going to keep. I mean, they are loaded in talent at wide receiver, and they're young, tight end, wide receiver, Burrow. You got it. You got to sure up the offensive line, and they have a good defense. As far as KC, I mean, in the Super Bowl, God, it's hard to bet against Mahomes, isn't it? I mean, um, hammer play. You're gonna, Very yeah, hard. I mean, if you're gonna, Very it's hard. hard. I mean, if you're if you're going to lay big money, it's hard to say I'm going to put a 500, 300, 1,000, 10,000 like people do against Mahomes, but I don't know, man. Philly, Philly's going to cause massive problems on the lines for Kansas City, both both ways. Both ways. Yeah. Boys, I think. You boys, you got anything? No, I completely agree. I think you have the complication there, too, with uh, Kansas City with all the injuries. Let's, let's see who's actually available for this game. I mean, they lost a whole receiver core. They lost a couple guys on defense, and Philly basically came out unscathed. I mean, I think Hurts took a little bit of a bump, but besides that, yeah, I agree with uh, Skippy that the Lions are going to be a big story. Uh, Skip, Jason's just saying that he agrees with your point. He said it to kind of further that. Kansas City's kind of banged up and bruised in this game, and Philly's relatively oh, healthy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Hurts has a, a couple bruises, but other than that, their, their injury report is very small. 
you know Phillies? I've never heard of this. They started the same 22 guys in the championship game that they started in week one. Think about that. That's now, crazy. Obviously, during the year, there were injuries and people missed in this net. But the point is, they had, they had such a year, which think about the year they had, too. Dominant. They had oh, a yeah. year where literally, literally, no major injuries where anyone that started week one wasn't starting in the NFC Championship game. That's insane. So, I mean, from a pit point, I mean, I don't know. It's a little early for me. I mean, I, I want to watch it. I think it's going to be a great game. I think, like like uh, Jason just said, I mean, with Mahomes, he's not going to be – I mean, can you imagine how he's feeling this week um, on that ankle? Because high ankle sprains take time. So oh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be how does Kansas City's defensive line and offensive line handle Philly's, uh, you know, the front the fronts of both offensive and defensive of Philly. I mean, that's to me that's the game. So to me, it sounds like you're leaning right now. It's early. I mean, we got a lot of time here still, but a little bit of an early lean from Skippy Boy, Kansas City. That's what it sounds like. I mean, it kind of. Because, I mean, I don't know. It's Philly. We haven't seen Philly in a situation really this year. I mean, because Hertz was out the one year or the one game. We haven't really seen Philly in a spot where what if Casey goes up? What if you force Hertz to throw? I mean, not that he hasn't had a good year. We've, We've seen that, year, though. We've seen him throw in a big game in Bama, and he struggled. We, we, we have, and like even this game, 15 for 25, 155 yards. The thing with Philly is, nobody's been able to just shut him down with the run where it's just been forcing him. They're down two touchdowns in the third or whatever. And it's like, Hey, running the ball is not going to not work. And we, we got to throw it. So I don't know. I don't know yet. It's early. Yes. I, I don't think either side. It's not like, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm going to be shocked if it's a, like, if Casey gets, that would be something if Casey gets blown out again, they beat San Francisco in the Super Bowl. They get absolutely torched by Tampa. In the last Super Bowl they were in, and then they get blown out again. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see it happening. I, I, I yeah, think me neither. That would be crazy. Uh, me neither. Awesome. Well, I uh, I don't have anything else. Obviously, like you said, it's early. I mean, I have some leans. Uh, there are a couple plays that I'm going to get in, um, you know, prop wise, just to try to get. Oh, yeah. Money, well, the but, props are fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. the props it, are fun. I think a couple. Yeah. Of them, I think you got to hand hand. Bleh, bleh. You have to hammer a couple of them, like the. Right now, it's minus one seventy five already. You know, no kick uh, being returned on the first kickoff. So, well, it that's going to get up it? to minus two thirty, two forty by kickoff. Oh, sure. So get sure. that in now. I mean, you're laying juice, but one seventy five compared to that's not bad. You take that. I would. I'd probably take a flyer at Mahomes touchdown passes if I can get a number I like. I don't know where it is now. I would imagine it's going to be two and a half, maybe. Yeah, I I, I would run with that. I can see that. I just don't see Kansas City being able to run the ball a ton. I mean, first of all, they they don't have a. I mean, Pacheco's cash money, no question. I mean, upgrade wise, I think he's the. I mean, he just runs angry and he's faster. If he gets loose, he's gone. But I don't know. That it's not like they've been dominant. They couldn't run. They couldn't do squat against Cincy. So I don't think they're going to have a ton of success running the ball. Which means if they're scoring, chances are they're getting some touchdown passes. So we'll see what that number comes out at. Awesome. We'll we'll be texting you. Um, yeah, for sure. Throughout the week and for see sure. what you're playing. Yeah, hey, I want to ask like him that. something before yeah, we let him go because I know he has the bounds here. Skippy boy, one of the best overs guys in college basketball. This guy picks them. I mean, just I gave it to you. I gave it to you a week ago. I just gave you a big fatty right out of the shoot. Well, hey, hey, keep texting me, my friend. I mean, <laughs> I, let's go, man. I want to. What, so, what do I have to do? You gave me a pick. I gave you a pick. That's fatty. Okay, that's I love it, man. Are you just, still doing your hundred picks? Uh, I have one. I have a few guys that play, and I've been doing doing. I've been doing pretty well. Like today, tonight, I had which I just thought it was a good play. I don't even know why I get these vibes that I do. Like I had over uh, 66 in the first half of the Bucknell American game. And they're like, what? But it's just, <laughs> there's just stuff I look at. And I think they scored 76, so it went over pretty easily. But um, And then I also had um, South Florida, East Carolina, first half over in that hit. So I'm doing well on my own. I think this year in college hoops is the greatest year of all time that I've been that I've really followed college hoops this seriously 
because, and then I won't, uh, and then you guys can take it from here and I'll bounce, but you guys can maybe expand on this, what your thoughts are. The normal teams you have every year for 10, 15, 20, probably for most of your guys, like the Carolinas, North, North, South, or, or North, Duke, um, Gonzaga has been good for 10 years. Um, Kentucky has been good for a long, right? All those teams, they're dicey this year. Almost all of them, right? Oh, so you've yeah. got a total, it's the best, man. There's totally different teams. Kansas State, um, Iowa State in the battle, TCU. You know, a team like Florida Atlantic could really bother some teams as you get rolling. You know, in the Big Ten, it's always the same few teams, not this year. In the Big 12, I mean, in the SEC, you got Bama. Tennessee's a nightmare to deal with on defense, an absolute nightmare. They're lose, they were losing tonight to Florida. If they lose that game, that would be a shocker, but maybe they will. But they lock, either way, they lock you up. So there's, I just think there's, it's exciting this year because it's a different crop for now. Now, maybe at the end, you know, Kansas or whoever wins it again, but I just feel like it's a different crop than what we're normally used to going into March Madness. No, I, I agree. We're going to bring you on for yeah. college basketball and have a full yeah, do debate. It. Do it in a few. Let's do one in a few weeks when yeah. before the tourney. That'd be good. All right, we'll bring you on after the Super Bowl and we'll we'll get right into it. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Be safe. Thanks, Skip. All I'll right, see boys. You. See you guys. Take Congrats. care. Thank you. Talk soon. Yep. yep. Later. Sorry, boys. I mean, we figured out the problem. We'll, we'll handle it for the next interview. It's no big deal. Just a small issue, but uh, appreciate your guys' patient and Skippy. relaying stuff to us. And Skippy Boy's money, man. I mean, his overs, he's been texting me those overs for years, <laughs> man. That guy I love him. hammers the overs. Hey, let's get let's. I want to hear from the boys here because yeah. I know. Uh, I know that was tough for you guys. Appreciate Maddie, it. let's and Jason, let's just dive into you guys really quick. Let's do a quick recap of your thoughts on uh, let's. Well, let's for. Start with that first one, um, you know, San Francisco uh, going into Philly there, and it just was not pretty. Maddie, what was your overall thoughts on that? Uh, I hated it, man. Um, we we text a lot off there. That game was uh, that game was a week two game versus a week twenty one conference championship game. It was pretty brutal to watch. And as soon as Purdy got hurt, you know. Philly was just going to weigh on them. That O-line, D-line was just going to just pound, pound, pound those guys. It frustrated them. You saw Trent Williams go nuts. There was – the bad part is if you had any kind of money, player props, games, totals, overs, unders on that, you were just – They were shot. Wrap up in the air. Yeah, it was – I was not happy because I did have some futures on the Niners. And then I, I put a little money line on it. I had some Niners player props. I was like, this is this is going to be a brutal start. And then you're swimming up upstream trying to get a bad game too, which, thank God, I actually did. So it, it, it panned out to be an okay weekend. But, man, that start, I was really hoping for some good games. My family, big Eagles fans, so shout out to them. My friends, tons of Eagles fans, so they're all riding high. I, like I said, that that futures ticket for my Niners really killed me, and then game two, of course, the the outcome didn't help either. So, well, I had a buddy. You have on? I had yeah, a buddy. I mean, he had a player prop on the Eagles side uh, for a good chunk of change, and it was uh, Dallas Goddard over twenty five yards, and he was stuck at twenty three because of the route. Uh, they just didn't feel the need to pass. So, not only did it affect the Forty ers side, but the Eagles side. I mean, if you had running back props, you were good, but Dallas Goddard, you thought for sure was going to have some receiving yards, and then to lose it with two yards remaining is pretty dice, you know, pretty brutal. Yeah, it's like Maddie said, it was pretty much they pretty much ran out the clock the entire second half, and that includes San Francisco. But yeah, anytime you have it in a, a conference championship game, you are you are in bad shape. But uh, yeah, no, I, San Francisco. I thought the first quarter they really had a good plan on defense. It looked like it was going to be a competitive game. I mean, I don't know. Hertz was not there either. I think there was an opportunity to get Philly because Hertz was off. Um, he missed a big throw to AJ Brown early. Um, but it, once the quarterback situation for San Francisco just became a disaster, you know, there's nothing you can do, right? But yeah, you said that last week too, Jason. You said that last What's week. Make Hertz beat you on a throwing, and he and we saw that he couldn't. Yeah, you know what? I think that's the biggest concern for the Eagles because I agree with Skippy on all the other points, but the one position where the Eagles do not match up is quarterback, and that's the one where you you know you can get yourself in trouble in a big game if you can't match up. And that, like I said, what Hertz has to hit those throws. You can't you can't miss a guy. I was teasing my Philly buddies by calling him McNabb. 
because that's what he looked like. He was missing big throws in conference championship games, and Philly guys have seen enough of that over the years. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it, it really wasn't fair to San Francisco. That was a pretty good team, and Shanahan's been there, what, now, like three or six years? Um, so, obviously, they've got things going right. They need to figure out the quarterback situation here with Purdy being out, um, Garoppolo moving on, and whatever they have with Trey Lance. Did you guys find it? I just want to get your opinion on this because when they brought Purdy back in, I mean, you you could tell the guy couldn't throw the ball at all. Were you guys at all thinking like what they were saying? You know, they said it was McCaffrey. Then I think it was the fullback that was the emergency quarterback. Mm-hmm. Don't you think they should have just went with McCaffrey and put Debo in the back and just like, let's run as much sandlot kind of football as we can think of. And let's draw some plays in the dirt and go crazy and just, I mean, to me, that was a better chance of them Lose being, by trying. being able to move the ball because all it was was just like pitchbacks, and they knew it was coming. Reverses. I would have just done like the wildcat. I mean, Maddie, Jason, what do you what do you think? Do you think they should have went in that direction? Yeah, that's on Shanahan, man. He, you got to have a contingency plan. Now I know they're hamstrung by these stupid quarterback rules and carrying three and everything like this, and no more emergency QB, but. I would have put Debo back there. Uh, I know he's thrown passes before, and I would have let him run, I don't know, a Delaware wing tee, put him, use check, and uh, McCaffrey back there, and just, you know, go crazy. Call up somebody from Navy. Call Pete Medhurst, whoever it is down there. I mean, do you think at this point, like, and maybe it's I'm blowing it up bigger than what it was, but they were so desperate. It kind of It's kind of like we joke about, hey, go grab the, the quarterback that's in the stands. Um, but do you think in this upcoming season like teams will kind of take note of that like hey what if we're in that situation and just say hey who can play quarterback and maybe he's getting you know a couple extra snaps after practice or whatever it may be just to be like hey hopefully we don't ever get to the seventh string quarterback but i need to know that you can throw somewhat of a spiral versus a floating duck you know because we just saw it happen in the second biggest game of the year i I feel like i'm not blowing that out of proportion because we physically saw it I mean, what's your thoughts? No, I, I agree with that completely. Like the Steelers for years always had guys who were college quarterbacks playing positions because they were always in good situations to be able to cover if that situation happened. But the NFL just needs to fix it. It's the most important position on the field. You know, you had a, a championship game there, and a team like electing to go with two guys for a, you know a special teams player rather than having three quarterbacks. Well, just take it out of their hands. Say, listen, you got three quarterbacks, and then the rest of your roster is whatever you make of it. Everyone has to be quarterbacks. So we're not going to sit there and have like our what, third most important game of the year uh, with a guy with a torn elbow ligament out there handing the ball off because they literally have no better options. I mean, that's just a bad for the product. So just go fix it. I mean, you want to develop quarterbacks, give you an incentive to that like, you always dress them every week in case that happens. I mean, that's just a simple fix. For, and it makes for a much better product. I, I don't know if San Francisco would have carried that many guys. Obviously, went through a ton of quarterbacks this year, but you can't sit there and have none. Like that's just just not a good. This can't happen uh, for the NFL. Pretty, uh, I, I, Jason, you're right. Absolutely, it's a it's a pretty easy solution, and I don't know why the NFL doesn't look at this. But baseball expands their playoff rosters. Just expand the playoff rosters by two, three spots, so they can slap in another QB, slap in another O line. I mean, some look at Cincinnati. The prior game, down three O line, and then the game they're talking about having to put two tight ends in there to play a, a tackle position. Dumb. Just just fix it. It, they can afford it. Uh, okay, let's get some practice guy up making $56,000 for the weekend. No big deal, but it's, it addresses a huge need. The product we watched when, when that happened was absolute trash. It felt like we were watching a JV watch. football game. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, like like I said, though, kudos to the Eagles. I know everybody's uh, bashing the Eagles about the uh, the way they got in and who they played to get in. But they didn't choose that. And also, where is everybody that said, oh, my God, look at this hot Giants team coming in here that over-exceeded expectations, all of a sudden they get whooped on, and they're like, oh, the Giants were soft. You can't go both ways. Philly did what they needed to do, and uh, I'm probably going to go against Joe Public, and I'm probably going to be on the Eagles this uh, Super Bowl. You know what team played the softest schedule ever in NFL history? The 1972 Miami Dolphins. Don't worry about it. We all want them all. No one ever brings that up whenever they talk about the undefeated season, right, is that they play by far – the softest schedule ever. So hey, yeah. they you know, won the games on ranked. the schedule. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was well. The one thing my take in that was I said last week on the show, like one of my favorite player props was Debo Samuel, uh, rushing total. And I mean, what did he? Uh, six carries, 
negative nine yards. So, uh, well, he lost 38 on the last two. Well, that's plays. what I mean. I couldn't believe the like this jet sweeps they were running. He was like 15 yards back running on those. And you know, Maddie made a great point. You can say whatever you want to about Philly. They have a great offensive line. They have a great defensive line. And when you have those, you're usually you're going to win in January going into February. And that's what, you know, that's what they're doing. And they're a great team. I've said on the show many times, I think they're just an unbelievable tackling team. Hertz does have to make some plays. Like Skippy said, didn't have really great numbers, looked a little shaky, but I think he's like 16 and one as a starter. So, I mean, like Matt said right now, I mean, early lean for me and like, I'm kind of leaning maybe towards the Eagles also um, in the Super Bowl. All right, let's move on to the next game, and then uh, we'll kind of dive into the Super Bowl projections. Matt, you want to take it off? Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you could have witnessed my if my anger level at the second game was cartoon like, where if you just see that thermometer <laughs> going, going, going until oh, it yeah. gets to a burst, burst point. Then I got Smitty texting me some nonsense. Oh, and I'm watching oh run the ball. Don't run the ball. I see it. Oh, yeah. No, anyway, no, no. So, <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm done. I'm going to keep good, my mouth closed. All good banter, buddy. Um, oh, absolutely. Anyway, so the problem I have with that is, like, this team has to prepare. There's three, three facets of the game, offense, defense, special teams. And the hot-button topic right now is the officiating, which actually made this a four-tier game. And now we have this NFL is rigged. Uh, don't get me wrong. I don't think the NFL is rigged. I think there could be some persuasion, let's put it, in some aspects of what may happen. But it's definitely not rigged. You can't control every play that much. But the the referees actually made the correct call. The problem is is how many they made. And it just impacted the game flow and everything. And I think Cincinnati has a right to be mad. Now, the, the last penalty definitely was a penalty. But do you eat the whistle on that? So, it, yeah, that one stung me more. I was super high on the Bengals this year. I had a big, long shot ticket. Uh, anything with Burrow, MVPs probably out. So, yeah, I'll let you. I'll pass it back to you guys before my anger level goes back up. <laughs> well, I'll just say right before Jason, uh, it wasn't the most egregious out-of-bounds hit I've ever seen. If you're going to call that, you have to call that egregious hold because the guy was – almost choke slammed in the ground with like a clothesline. It was so bad. You had, how, how do you call one and not the other? I mean, I, I yeah, guess they're no. saying he didn't see it. I, I mean, whatever. <laughs> That's how it goes. Jason, yeah, what was no, your thoughts? I, yeah, no, that game in the second half was just a brutal watch for that, that reason alone. The officials just completely took over the game and that whole series where it seemed like Kansas city had seven downs um, was just insane. There's no explanation of what's going on. And even the explanations are making like that's the way the rig stuff comes from. Like you just sit there and you have no reason, no understanding of what they're doing. Guys are on the field. Like I, when did they add the official next to the head coach who is like the uh, explainer of things? Did, did anybody know when that happened? Because uh, I have no idea. On the side right now, and it's so weird. It's like that also looks like it's rigged. It's like okay, this is what we're going to do now. So it's like take all those elements out of it. Those are easy solutions. And then, yeah, the hold was a bad thing. And I think they get to a point in those fourth quarters where it's kind of like hockey where they don't know when to swallow the whistle and they let them play. And in the playoffs, they usually are pretty good about letting the holds go um, and let them happen and kind of they don't want to get in the way. But the out-of-bounds play, I don't know what you do there because it's clearly a foul. Um, but, it, I mean, the 15 yards were critical to the whole game. So it's it a tough situation for the referees. You either just call everything or you don't call anything, right? You have to do one or the other, and you get caught in between when you're doing that, and that's exactly what we saw on Sunday, and it makes for a really ugly product, too. We saw, like, both sides of things that make the NFL look really bad, like the injuries, the two shorter rosters, and over-officiated games. I was really surprised that Mahomes threw as many times. I had I did play a player prop uh, under on that. I did take his rushing totals because I could just see maybe him getting one time out, and it was close. I think I had it nine, nine and a half, and he had eight. So just lost that. But, I mean, he threw the ball off. I mean, it's bad when you have Joe Burrow. who's the leading rusher in that game. Well, I think he threw a lot because he does have a good offensive line. And his receivers, they, they run a lot of short routes, especially like his running backs and stuff. And so he's able to get it out quick, whereas he's not dropping back, trying to throw a 30-yard pass. Well, I was laughing because we said about 
um, Kelsey, how he just kind of goes out about 10 yards. I think last week we said <laughs> touchdown and I was really focused on that this week. And I mean, he really does. He just runs straight down the field, 10 yards, pivots, turns, and he's wide That's open it. and there's no one near him ever. So you know what he does? He boxes out. He does. He boxes. <laughs> Box out, everybody. Smitty, inside him. joke. He boxes out. He literally, I mean, he's come on the record, him and Mahomes, so they just, whatever the play is, like Kelsey just kind of does his own thing. I mean, he could be running like a fade route, and he just he's running a hook. It's just whatever is on his mind or what he sees open. Um, and obviously him and Mahomes are on the same page. It's it's worked, you know, their career. Smitty. So. Yes. Smitty, I'm going to jump ahead, buddy. Uh, so t- uh, topping off that Kelsey thing. That's the player prop. It's already his receiving yards, I think, is at 79 and a half. That's too low. I right agree. Before it goes up, uh, Eason was talking tonight that they think that's probably going to go up closer to like 89 by uh, kickoff. I think he'll get uh, it. I mean, if you can get it now, get it. Uh, and the other one to do is just, I, I think he has a touchdown in eight straight games, potentially. Another, anytime touchdown, it usually pays off like minus 110. It's right there on the money. So you're, it, I think those are two locks. And then another thing I just wanted to do, Smitty, you said about how many times Mahomes threw. I don't think Philly is going to allow him to sit back there and just not be pressured coming up. Uh, that Philly DC is going to send the dogs after him, man, especially if he's got a gimpy ankle. Cincinnati didn't do it. Cincinnati's defense still played pretty well, but I, I don't understand why they wouldn't send a blitzer in there. No, you said that all game. You said, you know, on text messages, why aren't they blitzing? Why aren't they blitzing? Why aren't they blitzing? And then they finally did, and they made him go the one way, and he landed all his weight on the ankle, and that's when he started, like, limping around a little yeah. bit. So yeah. you were 100% correct on that. I was really shocked that they weren't really coming after him early in the game. But, no, I think a lot of people with the Kelsey thing really fast is I would I 100% agree with you. I'd jump on that right now, too. I think some people might go, well, he's had some he had a back injury going into that game. What's going to happen? Hey, listen, he played fine in that game. I would roll that. That's a great bet. Well, I looked at his Super Bowl stats. So the first uh, first Super Bowl, he had like eight catches, 132 yards, touchdown. And then um, obviously the, the blowout against Tampa Bay, it was only like five catches for under 60 yards, no touchdowns. But I, I think he's bound to score. Like you just said, he scored in like eight straight. He runs his own routes. He'll be fine with his back injury. But then I'll let Jason take it over after this. You you segued perfectly into my uh, points, Smitty and Matt. The The rushing prop for Mahomes right now is over 18 and a half yards. In both Super Bowls, he had uh, 33 yards and 29 on over five attempts. And Smitty, you talked about like when you ran to the sideline, you could see he was gimping. When he dropped back or he went forward, he was fine because it's not a cut. It's easy to run on that ankle when it's taped straight, you know, north and south. And with Philly blitzing him, he's, you know, two, three yards and then just cautiously diving just to save a sack. I feel like you can get above 18 and a half pretty easy. I mean, he, if he can get 30 with a good, you know, leg uh, and a good pass rush is coming after him, why can't you get 20 out of him? To save a sack, I, I'm going to play that play already. That's one of my plays is Patrick Mahomes over 18 and a half yards, and that is minus 114. So it's actually not terrible odds. No, wasn't there one of those years, though, didn't he cost people a bunch of money? Like that, that one year where he had a prop rate at 30, and then he took a knee at the end of the game, and it ended up going under. Three straight kneel downs, cost me. Yeah, I, thought, I think it was the game. It was one that I guess the Niners, I think, that, that cost you. Uh, I think he. I think he was at 30, 32 yards, and he took three straight kneel downs at one yard every time. Oh. Went dropping down under thirty, yeah, and I lost by like a, a hook or something. That's something brutal. Is, something a double s s. Well, I'm still taking it. I like it. You're not. You're not. You're. You're bad. Uh, bad distaste for him and rushing. I'm still taking it, Maddie. I'm not saying don't take it. I'm just still a little bitter about that. Oh one. yeah. Like, but our 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 uh, put a little on it. Our minds always remember the bad beat. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I could tell you many that I've lost. I've got a notebook. Don't worry. I have a notebook full of those, and I have not forgot Cam Akers. 25 yards as a running back, and you get 19 in the Super Bowl. Like, give me a break. Well, Q, I think something that actually helps that prop, too, is that you know Kansas City's entire receiver core is banged up. Yeah. Like, they, it, like those guys are all gimping into this game as well. <laughs> They're not going to get free. That's a really good Philly secondary, especially at the corner positions. So... 
you know, this situation where if they feel good with their corners on the wide receivers and there's no Tyreek Hill in that lineup, it's a bunch of plotters. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not super slow, but they're not, there's no game breakers. You got Kelsey, who's probably in that bracket coverage. Like, he's going to have to make plays because there's going to be coverage down the field. There's probably going to be a lot of dump offs that are running backs, and there's going to be, you're going to have to take those yards underneath to open everything up. So I think 18 is a really good number. I mean, we're talking 30 in one game and 33 in the other, and you, you got half that. And, you know, two weeks to heal. Obviously, he does not have a high ankle sprain no. because nobody's playing on that way with a high ankle sprain. Uh, it looked like it was a high ankle sprain. It didn't it even look like it was that, that tape. You taped that much. When you when they kind of zoomed in, it, it was definitely not heavily taped like you would suspect it to be. No. And, then, I mean, even during the game, like he would have been able to play the first game when they put him back in. I mean, he was doing that hop, and I've done that hop. I'm sure Maddie has where when you turn that ankle, um, it's involuntary. So clearly it's something where he rolled it. But, yeah, no, 18 yards is way under where you would expect in the rush. The game the only hop, he's be under pressure. The only hop I do anymore is if I make a golf putt or something in my beer, bro. You don't hip hop? No. no. <laughs> that was a dad joke. That was terrible. <laughs> All right, let's kind of I, – I, I'm telling you boys right now I'm putting it in because I want to catch them at dogs, and I kind of have a line here. So – I'm taking Chiefs money line at plus 100. The straight up winner has covered the ATS every year, but once since 2009. So I really like that. And then uh, to kind of back that up, I know it's a neutral site, but it's still on the road for both teams. Obviously, uh, Hurts in his career starts. He's six and 12 against the spread on the road in a career, and this is a road game whether people want to say it or not, because you're not in Philly where he's been dominant. You don't have as you know the stadium's not 100% Philly fans just screaming and throwing batteries or whatever is at their disposal. Uh, the the biggest stage, I mean this is tough. Like he hasn't been there. We've seen him in Alabama. He he kind of struggled in the national championship game. Last week he he the reason they won is because of the offensive line and the running backs. They didn't win because of Hurts uh arm, you know, and Kansas City's defense is no slouch either. Um and then there's another stat that uh, Mahomes is 18-6-1 as an underdog or favorite of three points or less in his career. It's like that comes into play, especially with his two Super Bowl experience, and you know that that 41-9 line is going to be posted all over that locker room of, hey, we got smoked last time we were here. We're not having a repeat. Like this is embarrassing for our legacy. It's not happening again. So you know they're going to be playing up. And and their D-line's no slouch either. I mean, Chris Jones probably was the MVP of that game last week. So I, I think the Chiefs money line is a play because I think everybody is publicly going to be on Philly now um, and they're going to buy into that blowout score and not remember like, hey, it was 14-7, to 7, almost heading into halftime, and it was a game. If Josh Johnson doesn't fumble, uh, it was not 41-7 to 7 in the first half. That's just kind of where I lean. That doesn't, I, I got smoked last week because of it, uh, my thought process, but we rebound and I'm going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm going to, you know, I have a lead right now, maybe the Eagles, but I need about another week here. I'll, I mean, I'll come next next show and really get some player props and where my head is right now, but I need a couple more days with this. But right now, I think I think it's a fantastic game. I think the two best teams are in it right now, so it, it should be entertaining. But my plays will be coming next week. Maddie, what do you got on it so far? But I'm I'm already going to start locking stuff in. I'm, I'm on Philly. Um, I'm not going to get off it. KC, with all their injuries, doesn't overwhelm anybody. And there's some things to look at. If anybody wants to do a Super Bowl MVP bet, you have to bet the two quarterbacks. It's still You're still getting actually a decent price, but there's nobody else out there who's probably going to get a Super Bowl MVP ticket. If it's Kelsey, it's because Mahomes is getting the ball on a gimpy ankle. If it's A.J. Brown, it's Jalen Hurts getting the ball on deep throws. It, it, the only other guy could be Hassan Reddick because of the great performance he turned in last week. If he blows some stuff up, strip sack, fumble recovery, return for uh, six, something like that. But that's just one to look at. And I'm also going to look at Hurts' over-rushing yards. You guys are saying about Mahomes. But Hurts had 11 carries last week, even in a blowout. This is all or nothing for him, man. This is this is his this is gonna be his legacy. If he gets a Super Bowl already and he's gonna be the one to shoulder the load, and that run de- or run offense is fantastic. Uh Kelsey and those guys love blocking for these guys. I think Hurts is the the play for the quarterbacks over rushing yards. What is that total, Matty? I actually like that because it was yeah. 
Kansas City with a heavy man defense. So they're going to have to account for him with a spy. And if they start completing the ball, they can't spy him anymore. I want to say it was around 57, actually. So, uh, yeah. So you 11 carries in that championship game. You got to think he's going to get at least that, if not more, uh, in the Super Bowl. Because it is a critical part of the run game. Because it's basically a college run game. Um, yeah. I mean, even when a QB sneaks it, he gets four yards. Yeah. Well, he's so big. He falls yeah, forward. He's kind of like Josh cheap. Allen. Yeah. Well, real quick, just if, if you're going to look at Hassan Reddick, you got to look at Chris Jones' stats too, because I think they're probably equally as disturbing um, as just one other player to look at for MVP. Yeah, you know the guy oh, that one's going to go uh, that D line guy and a guy who's always forgotten about and it's on Kansas City. Frank Clark for a sack prop uh, always hits, and I don't know why. For some reason, he's always undervalued. He, I mean, he doesn't really earn it. He usually gets it off some scheme, but he's always collecting sacks for Kansas City. I know he had a couple uh, against Cincy. It just it, the price is always right for some reason. I don't know, I can't explain it, but he just gets forgotten about. Q, I think you have to punt though on the Chris Jones. Here's why: if Aaron Donald, the biggest name in football, can't get it when he actually probably deserved some yeah. votes, probably more votes, I don't think Chris Jones is going to pop in there. So, I mean, if you want to throw a little fun pizza money on there, yeah, yeah he threw ten it. bucks on it. I mean, Von Miller yeah. did. Didn't Von Miller win it the one year? When they when they destroyed Carolina, didn't he win the MVP in that Super Bowl? He did because they had to give it to somebody from Denver's defense because they completely took over yeah. the game. I, I mean, that's yeah. the only reason I'm even putting ten dollars on it. But a little pizza money, yeah, a little pizza. I mean, I, I was just saying if you're con- if you're going to consider Reddick, you got to do Chris Jones just yeah, equally yeah. on the other side. But no, I agree. It, it's ninety nine point nine 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 percent not happening. But if you're just looking for a kind of a miracle win, I think either of those guys would be decent because who else is going to get it? You know what I mean? If it's not the quarterbacks, it's not going to be maybe Kelsey, but if Kelsey or like A.J. Brown or Devontae gets it, then the quarterback's going to get it. Yeah. So. You got to think, too, if it's a close game, that a field bet, like anybody not listed might have a chance for, you know, fumble recovery, interception, return for touchdown, if, if it's close. Because, you know, if the guy makes the play, you have to give it to him, right? If it's back and forth, unless one of the quarterbacks just goes insane. So. You might have a Larry Brown kind of thing sneaking in. I can't remember the linebacker from uh, Tampa Bay who won it because he basically got the ball thrown to him twice uh, oh, for touchdowns. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it does happen every once in a while. All right, let's uh, we'll we'll talk more next week on the uh, the Super Bowl because we'll have more lines out for player props and like Super Bowl props stuff like that. Um, let's talk some golf, Smitty and uh, Nails. I know you're kind of big into it, Jason. I thought I saw you texting in that group. Why don't you guys uh, kind of take that away? Matty, why don't you hit the tee box first? All right, so we have the uh, – this is the Pro-Am, which makes it kind of crazy. This is one of the least bet golf tourneys. But, I mean, we have n- nothing else to go on this weekend other than some hockey and college. <laughs> you so know we're going to bet. bet. Here's, <laughs> a couple aspects is that these rounds are going to take forever. It's three different courses. It's a 54-hole cut. So you just got to look at guys who are going to hang – and there's a lot of criteria going around there, but the big one to look at is the Poa Anna putters. So three guys, Kevin Kisner, Matt Kuchar, Seamus Power. I gave our guy Stevie Shrimp a little side play and some text. I'm uh, I'm riding Seamus Power this week. I got him in a top 20 plus 125. I have him to win in a round robin. And then I'll throw some long shots. I think this is the kind of tournament where you can throw that so-called pizza money we love to throw out there and take some long shots. Eric Van Royen. Justin Lower and Nate Lashley. If you can bet them to win the top and get in the top twenty, I believe you get plus three hundred money on all them. And if not, and you just want to be really crazy and throw fun out there, they're all plus eight thousand or better to win. So I threw them in a round robin top six. And I mean, you're gonna you put two bucks in it, you're gonna cash out for over two hundred with potentially. So can I ask a question quick? Yeah, go ahead. With the pro am because I obviously I don't bet golf i watch it i just don't bet it um can you bet on the amateurs because don't they also have a winner or two well if you can it's not on the rivers so okay i don't but they know. do they do decide a winner though right out of the amateurs they do but okay. yeah i don't see any lines for it yeah because there are some good I mean, golfers like john smoltz tony Roma, like those guys can play i mean you guys want we we can do a side bet ourselves taking an amateur Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, I'll look at the card. Cause yeah, I, I don't I know. Josh Allen, fun. I know, is playing in it, correct? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, he bailed on the yeah. Pro Bowl and yeah. gave Tyler Huntley that spot. Oh, I think that'd be <laughs> fun. Yeah, let's do something like that, and we can tweet it out. Yeah, I yeah. think, you know, Maddie. I'm going to jump in really quick. Power's a really good one. I think last year, 36-hole record, I think. And I think in the, the last round, he kind of blew up, and I think he tied for ninth place in this. But I think that's a really good play uh, with that. And Maddie had a had the winner last week. So, I mean, people listen to Maddie on this. Big, big winner last I got last two in week. a row, buddy. Two in a row. Wow, Rom. that's nice. I like that. You take Rom that. and Max Home in the past too, so we we'll see. We've got grinding some numbers. Like I said, this is one of the harder ones to so called handicap because of these courses and the, the pro am and all this nonsense. But if I mean uh, power, some of these other younger guys actually usually do pretty well because they're laid back. They get to hang out with some celebrities and not stress too much. Yeah, here's my card really quick. I want to add one more because I really like Maverick McNeely. I've played him. I've played two cards so far. He's been on two for me. I don't have him yet, but I do. I went with last year's winner, Tom Hoagie, again. I just really like him. I have him winning and in top five. Uh, Joel uh, Damon uh, is my best bet, top 10. And I am going with Russell Knox for a top 20. And I'd like to add one more. Kutcher, I think, is a really good one. Or, again, I like my guy, Maverick McNeely. So I will tweet that out here in a little bit on our Twitter. How do you not bet on somebody's first name, Maverick? Oh, he just sounds like a cool guy. And, Smitty, uh, I'm actually breaking my own protocol. Matt Kutcher is on my never playlist. Oh, <laughs> no. don't say, I like Matt. Don't say that. Yes, yet I'm play, he's on my no playlist, man. He has burned me infinite times. Jason and you guys can all probably go back and look at our uh, majors draft and just see how many times I've had that bum. <laughs> Nicest guy in the world, but not a, not a good betting betting pick. Watch him win this because he, you you brought him out of the closet, and then <laughs> well, you're going to be I'm all over win. the Kucher train. <laughs> if he does, I'm going to win a little bit of money. So, hey, uh, what is Homa? Obviously, you guys follow him more, but and and I like Max. I think he's kind of the up and coming on the tour. Um, He's got to be a contender for you know the Masters, right? It's coming up. Uh, he's got to be one of those names. You're like, man, is this guy, like is this guy's breakthrough? Is he kind of the Jordan Spieth where you know he's going to come up and win a couple major tournaments now because he's such on a high roll? Go ahead, Jason. I know you're chomping. No, I just I, it's interesting because I don't think he's actually played that course that much. He's talked yeah. about it. I think this is only his third round or yeah. third go round on the Masters, and yeah. like he really. It threw him the first time. You know, that's the great thing about uh, Max Toma is he goes on Barstool and uh, <laughs> talks to the, the, the part of my take guys, and he really candid about, you know, the conditions of that. I don't know. It, it just – I don't think he really feels comfortable on that course. I would be hesitant on the Masters. Now, the U.S. Open, which is at L.A. Country Club for the first time, I guarantee Max Toma's played that course, and he loves Southern California golf courses. He's definitely – his odds are going to be way too low by the time the U.S. Open rolls around. So if you're going to – partake, I would definitely bet him now for that event because um, his game will probably suit the U.S. Open okay. Um, but I think being a homeboy in L.A., um, he definitely loves the uh, Southern California climate. So what do you think, Maddie? Do you think, again, yeah. Masters no, are really good for Max? I completely agree. He's not, he hasn't, he doesn't have enough so-called seasoning there for the Masters yet. Give him, give him maybe at, uh, next year, I think he'll probably be the name to watch. Yeah. Uh, kind of like Scheffler after he got his feet wet there, but yeah, Max just doesn't quite have it, but everybody's, at least our crew here at Notebook Wagering, man, uh, we love him for that U.S. Open. And I don't know what his odds are. I haven't looked, um, but I'm definitely going to grab some shares. All right, well, uh, we'll we'll get that side bet going, and uh, we'll announce it on Twitter and stuff like that. We're picking up the amateurs. So we'll, we'll get that going, and then we'll cover more Super Bowl next week. Is Rick Roden playing in it at the old pirate. He used to win those back in the day all the time. Rick Roden. So let's check out and see if Rick Roden's in that. I love it. I saw some stuff that uh, celebrity fields even kind of weak for this. Uh, Maddie commented to us on text that the, the pro field's weak, but uh, not a lot of the big celeb guys. Like Romo's not here. Smoltz isn't here. Like all the uh, guys that you're usually seeing that are really good athletes. If, if, uh, not really there. The guy we, I, I'm going to take, if I can get him, is uh, Jake Owen. I think that's actually, I think speed is live in this thing because I think he's actually got a really good uh, amateur playing with him. Uh, I've watched him play a little bit on the um, play, uh, podcast with Barstool, and that guy's got a really good swing. He actually looks like a pro when he's uh, hitting it. So uh, I think 
I know he was changing the swing a little bit, but I think he's definitely live. I think having a good amateur can definitely help you here. Well, I'm looking for Rick Roden tonight and that, or Alice Cooper, because I think he plays a lot too. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the old guys if we can find one. That's what I'm going to do. All right, we'll get that out on Twitter. We'll talk more Super Bowl props as they come out next week, and then uh, be on the lookout for our Twitter at Notebook Wagering. And uh, that that's kind of a wrap for tonight. As we always say, bang your bookies. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes, and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.